0: Hello, everybody. My name is Willow. I'm a marijuana addict. So I'm located in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada at the moment. And I got sober in May of 2019. So just on my third year now, working on number three. Okay, so tonight what I'll attempt to do is to share what happened to me um how i got out and what i do now basically i'm just gonna like start off with i don't speak for ma uh, i don't speak for AA. i speak and i'm speaking for my own experience um so please if you find find something i say offensive um Like I'm, I'm not, that's not my intention. I'm really just here to, to honestly try and help if I can at all. Um, so with that, I'll, I'll kind of start off by talking about a little bit about before I got sober. Um, so I'm 26 right now. Um, basically like I'll start off in high school because that's when I really, started noticing, like, when I got sober, I started noticing when I was looking back at, like, what happens. Uh, I was a part of a lot of sports teams in high school, but I was never, like, fully there. Like, on a, on a men's sports team in high school, there's a lot of camaraderie. I never really felt like I was part of that. I played a sport, and I was even particularly good in, in some in some cases, but I always felt like I was on the outside, even though other people might not have thought that. Uh, it was this something, something inside me where I was like a part of it, but I didn't feel like it. Um, so like basically like the first time, and, and then, you know, I started drinking and stuff and that was fun, but I always felt like too sick to my stomach and whatever. So I didn't touch it too much. I didn't mess with it too much in high school. Um, but I was quite depressed uh, in high school already. I think a lot of, young teens feel that way, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, there was always this lurking notion that, that something was missing, I guess. That I just wasn't like, it was kind of like, Oh, is this, is this all life is? And at the, the rugby party at the, the end of grade 12, I uh, went to this, went to this party and I had a couple of drinks and I uh, ended up leaving with somebody else's big bag of weed that they left out on the counter. I had smoked weed a couple times, but it was nothing really serious. Didn't really get the whole the whole fun of it. But at this party, I I went with uh, with nothing, and I left with a big bag of weed. Uh, I I took it from somebody who had laid it down there carelessly. Um, anyways, I went home and I went to town on that bag of weed, and I felt really good. Like I just felt relaxed. I felt like probably the best way to say it, it's like a weight had been lifted um and everything kind of felt right like it seemed like it fell into place i was experiencing a lot of stress a lot of pressure a lot of depression like i was talking about a lot of anxiety unsure about my future and this made everything feel all right so i basically decided at that moment that this was what i needed to be doing and what i needed to be focusing my energy on because obviously like this was it like this this was that thing i had been searching for for years at this point and i'm like I don't know, grade 12, like 18, 19 at the time. Uh, but I had found it. I had found something that people, like, I know people search their whole lives for because I saw older people and they just looked sad. And I was like, Oh, that sucks for them. But like, I've, I've arrived, like I have hit the jackpot with this. Um, and obviously that's probably where not a lot of you are at right now, but that's okay. I, I kind of got to that point later and we'll talk. About that. Um, so it kind of goes on and I'm, I'm always chasing this, this high that I, I remember being the good high and there are some good times and there's a lot of bad times and uh, in Canada it's still illegal at this point. Um, so yeah, I get into some trouble and I'm never really able to, to figure it out. It's still at, at a certain time, it, the fun kind of stopped and I was left alone and, and I was just kind of like, years were going by and I was in the same place and everyone else was moving on. So I got that same feeling. I was like, this isn't good enough. I feel left out again. I don't feel like I'm a part of life. The funness and the newness of being high and the, the constantly trying to find, you know, whatever vape product, whatever different kind of weed product there was at the time. It never was enough. It always, I always thought it would be, but it never added up. And I always overdid it. Like literally, like, every time that I could. I mean, there were times where I couldn't and it was terrible and I was upset, but yeah. So I got kicked out of home a bunch of times, obviously. Um, And then, and then I I failed out of university twice because it's really hard to do university when, when you have a full-time job smoking weed. Uh, I think other people have done it and like congrats to them, but I could never focus on my studies long enough to do that. Um, So all these things kind of added up and I, and I just felt like, hopeless after working job after job and getting fired from job and after job like I had no problem finding work and like getting the start on things but I could never follow it through for like like not even a year most time. Like it was usually a month, a couple months, maybe six months. It always kind of come crumbling down. Um and it wasn't to be honest, it wasn't always because of the weed. It's how I felt a lot of the times it's how I felt when I wasn't high, like I was just never satisfied or if I wasn't high enough, you know, I just, I wasn't happy with it. And I was always waiting to get home and that would make me unhappy at work. And I was just, I wasn't performing and I was, I wasn't fully there. Um, and, and so like, I remember saying to my mom once um, that I was like, you just don't, she'd ask me like, why, why are you smoking weed or whatever? Right? Like, why do you keep doing this? And I was like you don't understand I'm doing this because my quality of life when I smoke weed is so much better. I have such a better quality of life than you or anyone else that I see or or how I could feel on my own. And that was true because how I felt on my own when I was sober was absolute like terrible. Like I had to I had I couldn't avoid it anymore. I had to face the feelings and it was too much and I didn't like it. And so it was true what I said back then. How I felt high, it, it was a better quality of life for me than just being sober. And that hopefully should point to something that, like, for me personally, weed was not the problem for me. Alcohol was not the problem for me. Drugs, other, other things were not the problem. And I'll explain it like this because I do like uh, analogies, and this is one found in the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, they describe it like a tree. You know, my, my weed use is a branch on a tree my overeating is a branch on a tree my codependency on others is a branch on the tree and i can cut off some branches but there are a lot of branches up there and you know what they will grow back what i really need to do is i need to get to the root and take it out by the root take everything out so by saying all that i'm kind of pointing to this fact in my life that for me the the weed smoking and the addiction to marijuana It was a symptom of something that was an underlying issue, which I now understand today as a spiritual deficiency, spiritual malady, something inside me like I was talking about earlier. I didn't say those high school stories for nothing. Like I just never felt good enough. And it was this pit in my inside that I was always trying to fill. Um, And I couldn't, I could never, I could never feel good enough for long enough. It, It might be split moments after I'd get high, but like 30 seconds later, I needed, I needed more and people didn't understand. Um, so so this is a problem for me like when I was when I was like 20 years old like it only was a couple of years t- took me a couple of years from like 18 when I grabbed that bag of weed from that party to like 20 and 21 where I really wanted to stop like I I had done the, I had progressed quickly and it was bad had a lot of time didn't have a lot of plans and I was able to work a little to get enough money uh, to support this habit um so basically, I, like, I went to pieces pretty quick. And by 2021, like, I really wanted to quit. And I was really trying. But every time I did, I would feel the way I did when I was a teenager. I would feel empty. I would feel lonely. I'd feel despair. I'd feel depressed. And I'd try to fill it with overeating. I'd try to fill it with maybe somebody else in my life. But it wasn't good enough. And I always knew that weed would be that thing that made me feel good enough, even if it was just for a moment. So to someone else who doesn't understand that, they might think, you know, me smoking weed and losing another job or me smoking weed and losing another relationship or losing my house or being on the street or whatever. They might think that's crazy, but they don't understand that the only way I was able to feel okay, not great at this point, just okay, like normal, was to smoke a little weed, right? And to have enough for that night, hopefully. Because <laughs> if not, I mean, that's not a great night for me. Um, So I'll I'll go into explaining some certain things that I've kind of understood about, like I've come to understand through people teaching me and through my own, being able to relate back my own experience uh, with smoking weed. So when I start smoking weed, I really have a hard time stopping. And it's a phenomenon that I don't see in everyone else who I've smoked weed with. I would smoke weed in the morning and I would find it very hard to stop. There were times where I could... No doubt there were times where I didn't think about it again, but most times, 98, 99% of times I would smoke and then I would smoke for the rest of the day and all night or vape or whatever. Edibles, like you name it. Like I would get that THC, get that weed into my body and I would have to have it for the rest of the day or I was very unhappy. (laughs) Like when I had to smoke and then I had to go somewhere like a family function where I couldn't. I was pretty eager to go home. Like I was just kind of like counting down minutes and hours and stuff till I could get that next smoke. Um, when I had the first one, I really had a hard time stopping. Like I would tell myself I'm going to smoke like, or I'm going to take like one dab site, which is like concentrates or whatever. don't get confused. It's all, it's all weed. It's all THC. Um, but I would, I would have like one smoke tonight. I'm just going to have like one joint and I would never do it. There were times where I only roll myself one joint. I would would be a big fat one because obviously it's only one. And then I would like take that apart, split it into two joints. And then I would have two joints. Like I could never set an amount and just have that. Like I would take, there'd be like one dab left and I'd be like, Hey, this is going to be the last one for tonight. I'd like split it up. And I'd always have to like have a couple and I couldn't just have one. And if I had like, I would always buy more because when you buy quantities, you can get it cheaper. right? Um, So I would buy like an ounce or something. And then I'd be like, I'm just going to do, smoke one gram a day and I can never do it. Like I tried so many times and I would always go over, I might be able to do it for a day, but like by the third or fourth or fifth or whatever day, I'm, I'm now smoking more or whatever. Right. And I don't have any control over it. Um, so that's one of the things that I really noticed. Like it was obviously an issue. Like if you can't control it, you can't stop, then it's going to get to that point where it's impacting every party of your life. Right. And the other thing was really that I couldn't, like I couldn't stop. There were times where I like honestly wanted to so bad with every ounce and fiber of my being, I flushed everything down the toilet. I was done for good. I made a sincere promise to the people I loved. I wake up the morning and I wouldn't even think about it. I would just like start calling my dealer and I would have weed by like 9 30 AM. Um, and that's like, that's how it worked for like so many days. Like literally, morning, get weed, smoke till the afternoon, make a plan to finish that bag tonight. Um, and then be done for good. Wake up the next morning. Like it was repeat, repeat, repeat. And the people in my life, like it drove them nuts and it drove me kind of crazy too. Um, so obviously you can see how this kind of like didn't allow me to get a lot of, uh, a lot of things in my life to lose, but I was, was able to, to find a house. I uh, had to hold a job long enough to pay some to pay some rent to an apartment landlord. I was able to get a girlfriend somehow, bless her. Um, and so the day kind of came when I was trying to quit again, and I wasn't able to, uh, but I lied I, I told my my girlfriend, her partner, that like I was done, and i I meant it, and then the next day, I got more, like like this usual pattern, right? but I didn't tell her that I got more. And I was getting those like little vapes, those little vape stick, like, vape pens or whatever. And I would go out and go for a walk. And I I had to like spin this web of lies. And then when I ran out of money, because, you know, obviously I, I lost my job again or whatever. I was asking her for money. And she's like, well, why do you need money? And I was like, well, I've been sober for like a week now. Like I deserve to get high. So like this is why I was trying to like, make up this story, even though like that in itself was a lie. And I know this is kind of confusing. And it is, <laughs> it is confusing. Um... But anyways, I, I had to come clean because I, I felt terrible, and I told her. And then I was at this place in my life where I was—I had tried quitting, and I—I I tried so hard with everything in me. And I was done. I realized that I was—I was, I was really—I was really screwed, for lack of a better word. And i was not supposed to use profanity, but I was—I was done. Like i, I kind of didn't have anything else in me. I—I I, I felt like I tried everything. You know, I tried all those things that says in the question, putting it bearing away from your house like giving it to a friend just give me a little bit a day you know whatever just just trying to do this type and not that type just trying to do sativa not indica or vice versa like whatever i have tried uh, and nothing ever worked I tried cutting down loads of times tried stopping doesn't seem to be working so the one thing I didn't try was this MA thing which my mom had mentioned and I was like no that's not really for me I've looked at these steps this whole God thing doesn't vibe with me I, I like don't appreciate God. Like, I think if there is a God, he's probably benevolent. He's probably a little bit evil because like, look at life, look at all the poor people dying, you know, whatever. Um, And so I wrote that off. But at this point after lying and, and realizing that I didn't have any options, I was like, I guess I'll try it. Um, So I jumped on a phone call um, in May of 2019. Right. (sighs) So now Basically, I hope you can understand the problem, and hopefully there's something in there you can relate to. Like, please do look for things that, that you can relate to. Um, that was huge for me. When I jumped on the phone line, I heard things that I could relate to. I heard people that had the same story as me, and I hadn't heard that before from any of my friends. Um, none of my friends were, were, were potheads like me. Uh, but I heard some people on the MA phone lines who were. I, I heard some people say things that I was like, it seems like you're describing my life, even though you're talking about your own. Um, and I heard things like get a sponsor and I heard things like go to a bunch of meetings or something like that. Um, so I started writing all these things down because I was like, I, I really, you know, this is working. I, got, I stayed sober that night and I went to three meetings the next day and stayed sober that day. Um, went to a speaker meeting on the Saturday, uh, May 2-4. It was the first Saturday I was sober. Uh, I went to a speaker meeting and that speaker was awesome. Um, And that's like, I just kept doing that. And and when it said, go maybe try like look up a a home group in town or whatever, like something that meets in person. So there was only one in Waterloo and I went and there were two people there. Uh, (laughs) Bless David. David's oh man. David, uh, the guy who first uh, took me to my first AA meeting passed away recently. And I should hurry up with the recovery part um but that was very sad for me basically i went to this meeting and this guy named david who i was like hey he didn't sound too hot himself like didn't sound like he was at a great place and i was like hey would you be my sponsor because that's what i was told to do ask for a sponsor get, get a sponsor right so i did that hey can you be my sponsor and he said kind of like okay like here's my number and like why don't you come to an AA meeting with me because there's more AA meetings in town and it's, like, kind of the same. And I was like, well, I'm not an alcoholic, so, like, that's not really for me. I don't really – I don't want to be, like, in that kind of crowd. I don't want to be lumped in with those people. Um, So, anyways, I went to an AA meeting and uh, I got introduced to the 12 Steps. And I was already reading them um, online and, and through the MA workbook, but I got introduced to the 12 Steps. Uh, and eventually, like I found a sponsor who was willing to take me through the steps. Uh, I looked at that. I looked at these steps. Um, I in step one, I, like I was just talking about, it describes the the illness um, that all addicts face: alcoholic, um, marijuana addicts, overeat, like whatever, right? Obviously, there's something going on. And that's why I was talking about, like that big hole inside me. Uh, and it described this phenomenon of craving, which is like when I have one toke, I can't just have one. Like I find myself saying I'm just going to have one and then I have more. And for me, that's true, like 100%. And I was like, okay, this, this seems like I'm on something. Um, and step three, it started talking about God. And I was like, you know what? I, at this point, I had been sober for like a month or two. And I was like, I guess there's some God here. And I could see it in the, in the eyes of people who told their stories but they like looked like normal people. Like they talked and they had like could complete their thoughts and complete their sentences and seemed like kind of intelligent or kind or something. Uh, Definitely honest and open. Um, So I I kind of started to believe in a, in a sense of God from like other people. And when I say God, like for me at that time it was good orderly direction. I I heard a bunch and I liked that. It was just love. Um, It was just power. Like, undescribable. I never, and I still don't today, like there's nothing wrong with believing with a God in heaven and all that stuff. It's not really how I see it. I don't really have a, a real good way to describe it to you what it's like in my life. It's just kind of some sort of thing that works in my life. Um, and I think that that can be anything for you, right? Like it doesn't need to be God. I just, I say God because it's, it seems easy and it's, I don't, I don't have any prejudgment against it anymore. I don't have any prejudice really. Uh, towards that. It took a long time to get there, but, and in step four, oh, in step four, I wrote, I wrote an inventory and it, it was honest and I was searching at the time and, and I told it to another person um, doing step five and it was very freeing uh, to hold nothing back to tell them the things that I thought were the worst about me that I thought I'd be, Utterly stricken down for, for saying, um, and I'm just going to like jump through it, but I did, you know, found some character defects, went through some really amazing events, and I started to develop this relationship with this thing that was like bigger than me, um, This this power that like I came to understand that is what kept me sober, and again, like I don't know how to describe it, but I had an experience, that's a good way to describe it, because I don't really know what else you call it. I had an experience going through the 12 steps and it was pretty brilliant because I am like over two years sober now. And like that didn't seem like a possibility for me for a long time. Uh, Even now I'm kind of like bit of imposter syndrome because I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm talking to a bunch of MA people on the phone lines and trying to maybe shed some light on this, this confusing, terrible thing that so many people try to stop and want to stop but can't. Um, and that's kind of what I do now. Like I just, I honestly want to help people. And that's a big change from where I was at before, which is that I just wanted to help myself. I just wanted to get high and I just wanted to feel okay. Uh, and now I understand that like a lot of that, I still, I still get today. It's just the way I get it is different. You know, that sense of like, when you take the first token, you're like, "Ah," like, this is all right now. Had a bad day, take a toke, off uh, Or you have a really great day, you take a toke, relax. I get that sense of like re- release and like I good and at peace. Like I'm not gonna say every single day, but like most days, all through the day or many times throughout the day, like it's it's great. And I know how to nurture that more. And it, for me, it's by helping other people through the same way that somebody helped me, like my sponsor helped me. Uh, And that's kind of like the 12 step that we talk about is just like, like a guy texted me while I was just on this meeting and he's a guy that I haven't talked to in months, and he's not doing so hot. And I'm so happy he texted me because this is an opportunity for me to be of service. I'm not doing this for money. Like I do this because it might help keep me sober. And I have a lot that I, uh, that I love to live for now. And, and I know that, the feeling inside me where I don't feel good enough, it can come back. I'm not immune to it. Uh, you know, I've, I've recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, which is that like, I can't stop and I, I can't stop when I start and I can't stay quit. I can't stay stopped. That's not an issue for me today. I'm not worried that I'm going to like pick up. I'm not thinking about weed in that, in that kind of way. Um, but if I have those, I'm not immune to those feelings of like depression and sadness and all that stuff. And if I let, that resentment and if let that stuff fester and linger too long I kind of know where it, where, where it will go it will probably lead me back to drugs because I know drugs will make that better even if it's not for the long term um, but I nurture I get that same feeling today that ease and comfort from helping people and that's one of like the well I honestly would say like the main driving force in my life today and I don't know why it makes me feel so good to help people but I do I work with another guy who seems completely hopeless when I meet him and then he's like self-sufficient and like happy and like sober and like trying to help other people like that's such an amazing experience that you like you don't want to miss and if you're newly sober I'm sorry this might not help you but what I'm saying is like there's good stuff in the future and if you get a sponsor do the steps like for me that worked right I, I can't speak for you and I, I don't need to give advice um, but for me that honestly worked and I know it's worked for a lot of other people. Like obviously this, this thing has been around for a long time and it's not a mistake, right? It's still here because like it says in our, in our preamble, like we, we use the 12 steps because they've been proven to work. So like, give it a try. And if, if you try it and it doesn't work, try something different. Look at the 12 steps in a new way because there are so many experiences that you can have with it. I want, I'm going back through the steps now and I'm having a new experience with it. Right. Like today, I'm still reliant on my higher power to keep me sober. I can't keep myself sober. I never could, and I never will be able to. But as long as I foster this relationship with this power that's bigger than me, that's what people have told me will keep me sober, and that's what I choose to believe, and it's worked. I, I have faith in it because it's worked in my life. I would never be able to keep Willow sober for two years. That's, that was never an option in the list of options for me it was a day, it was a week, maybe, you know, like for, for, for me personally, I never had much clean sober time trying on my own, except when I went to Australia and I was sober for like a month because I could not get it anywhere. But again, not my choice. All right. So I just like, I kind of told you about the 12 steps and like, I guess I can tell you a little bit about like my life now because I I don't just feel like happy and full of grace race and peace all the time. Like today I go through things and they suck. Like I was just talking about like people die and that's definitely one of the worst things. Um, it can also be a bad thing when I don't get my way. Uh, but I, I, I realized that the problems in my life center within self. And for me, I've learned that the best way to get out of self is to a depend on a higher power, and ask ask him or them or they to take it away, and then B just turn all of my attention and thoughts and everything over to someone else who really needs my help. Because when I'm 100% of my mental power focused on helping you, I can't think about my own problems. So when I get caught up in my problems, just go and focus on someone else for a while. You know, get the bigger picture, help somebody, feel good in return, stay sober. Like that's why I'm talking to you here. Like <laughs> you know, it's 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 not it's not purely selfish, but it is. I am doing it for me. I'm doing it honestly to hopefully help you, but I'm also getting something out of it. Like you've got to realize that's why people host meetings, that's why people do stuff. It's the best kind of transactional relationship because hopefully someone else benefits and hopefully I benefit. And so like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say to suggest- questions here, and, and I guess I don't want to make <laughs> I don't want to give anybody advice, but I am a big suggestion because this is what kept me sober. Find a home group. Find a group of people that you want to be around. Participate in your home group. My home group is the Flimsy Reed here in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, and I'm an active participant in that group. I was the chairperson this month. That was my service, right? When somebody asked me to speak, there was a posting on Facebook about MA and they wanted to find speakers. I volunteered to speak. So participate in these things, right? Get a sponsor. Do the 12 steps. Like, just try it. If you haven't tried it, just try it. And if you have tried it, try it with someone else. Because I don't, I don't know what else will work. There's probably other things out there, but, like, I don't know them. Let me know if you know them. Nothing else worked for me, and this worked for me. That's all I got, guys. Uh, I hope something I said was coherent enough to make sense. And hopefully I will see you or hear from you on another Saturday Night Live, thank you.